Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Well, tonight I want to teach about the church. Amen. The church. And I have one verse to read in the beginning here, and that's in Acts 20. 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And you may be seated. The church. Amen. Now, Jesus willingly died on the cross and shed his blood to purchase the church. So the church is blood-bought and blood-washed. And the last words of Jesus on the cross before he died was, it is finished. And another way of saying that, based on what we just read and really what the whole plan was, he was really saying it's paid in full. The redemption has taken place. Titus 2.14 said, talking about Jesus, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Now the word redeem means to free from captivity or punishment by paying a price. It means to ransom, atone, deliver, rescue, save, or liberate. So Jesus died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again the third day so a church could be born, which would be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and would accomplish his mission to preach the gospel to every creature, every person. And this church would be his body, and he would be the head. Romans 12, 4 said, For as we have many members in one body, But all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individuals, individually members of one another. Colossians 1.18, he is the head of the body, the church. Now, so he's also uh, not, he's he's the bride. uh, We are the bride uh, and he is uh, the espoused, um, you know, groomsman. He's. He's going to be our husband, so to speak. When we look at uh, Scripture, we get to the book of Revelation, uh, you know, at the end of the Bible. But the church would also be not only his body, but it's also his bride. 2 Corinthians 11, 2, For I am jealous over you, Paul said with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Ephesians 5, 25 Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Amen. So there's the connection. Now, Jesus is coming back for a church that was born in the book of Acts, that holds to the apostolic doctrine and preaches the gospel plan of salvation, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this means that the book of Acts Uh, is the most pivotal book in the Bible. And I want to show you why. Amen. Out of the entire Bible, 66 books, 
the book of Acts, the Bible hinges on the book of Acts. So those 66 books, 43 of them came before the book of Acts and lead up to the book of Acts. All 43 of those point forward to some great thing that's about to happen. Amen. And, and, and some of those uh, verses uh, out of some of those 43 books, for instance, Joel 2, 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And Isaiah said this, for with stammering lips in 28 verse 11, stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. All these, these verses point to something that is good, going to happen in the future. And then we get to the, uh, the Gospels in the New Testament uh, before the book of Acts, Matthew 12, 21. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. You see, the Old Testament's a Jewish uh, testament for the most part. Amen. And the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, don't really come into play. So when we see that his name and his name shall the Gentiles trust. It's talking about, amen, this Gentile church. It'll, it was going to be started as a Jewish church, but it would spread to the Gentiles. Amen. And then Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Notice he said, my church. Amen. We got to make sure uh, that we want to be only a part of his church. Amen. There might be churches out there that, that they're their people's churches, that person's church, or, or somebody else's church founded on some other doctrine. Amen. But I want to be a part of his church. I want to be a part of the church that he founded and, and all the things that he founded it on. Amen. The 22 books after the book of Acts in the New Testament they are looking back on something great that had already happened. And they just talk about it and they talk about the great things and so forth. Amen. So the 43 books look forward and the 22 books look back. And what are they looking forward and looking back on? The book of Acts. Amen. So if you take the book of Acts out of the Bible, then the Bible will not make sense. And you'll be wondering what these other books were looking forward to and looking back at. Now, besides being the only history book in the New Testament, the book of Acts, the purpose of it was to document the birth of the church, the growth and the establishment of the church, the plan of salvation, the miracles, and the persecution of the church. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, amen, and this is, uh, this is really where the church was born in this second chapter. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it sat upon each of them. And uh, they appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire, and, and, uh, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, that wind. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. That is the beginning of the church. 
That is when the church started. The church was born, and we find it in the beginning of the book of Acts. Then Peter stood up with the 11 apostles. He preached the first sermon, and when he got done preaching, the people in the crowd said this in chapter 2, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were, they were condemned in their heart. They were convicted and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? How can we correct this wrong? How can we make these things right that we did? And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. The word untoward means perverse. And so he was saying here, he said, what shall we do? This is what you do. You repent, be baptized, and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because this is promise is not just for you standing right here. It's for you and your children. It's for all that are far off in generations to come in other lands for the whole world. And he said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. In other words, he was saying, here's the plan of salvation. Now you act upon it. Save yourselves. Amen. Nobody can save anybody, but what we can do is we can tell people about this plan of salvation and that they have to do it. Amen. They've got to repent. They've got to be baptized. They've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he said, they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I don't know how many thousand people were, uh, thousands of people were there listening to that sermon right then, but 3,000 of them gladly received, uh, and they were baptized. And then the, what they did, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So this was the, the gospel message, the salvation plan, death, burial, and resurrection, repentance, baptism, the Holy Ghost. And then the they church began and then that those early days of the church, they continued steadfastly, wholeheartedly in, uh, in, in the apostles' teaching, which they got directly from Jesus, and in fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. And those are still some good things to continue wholeheartedly in, in these days we're living in. And then he said, fear, for, fear came upon all, every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Amen. So folks, we are part of that same group that hold on to the death, burial, and resurrection. We hold on to fellowship, prayers, breaking of bread, and the apostles' doctrine. And we hold on to the signs and wonders that are done in the miraculous power of the Holy Ghost. We still believe in divine healing. We still believe, amen, in miracles. We still believe, amen, that God can do anything. The same church that he started right there is for us today. Amen. So some people have, uh, you know, they, they question, well, we don't know, you know, if the, they, they, they get confused that the, the church was, maybe was, you know, uh, Jesus started the church in, in the Gospels, or, or maybe the, the church was in the Old Testament or something, and they get a little confused about that. But, but Peter set it to rest when, uh, you know, because Peter was given the keys by, by Jesus 
the keys uh, to uh, heaven. Amen. The keys of salvation in Matthew chapter 16. So Peter was, he took that first key in Acts chapter 2 and he preached and the Jews were saved. And then in Acts chapter 8, he took another key and they preached and the Samaritans, the half Jews and, and half Gentiles were saved. And then God called him to Cornelius' house, who was a Roman centurion. He was a Gentile, and he took a key right then, and he went to his house, uh, and he preached, uh, amen, to the Gentiles, uh, amen, and they were saved. They were filled with the Spirit. And then when Peter got back into town with the other apostles, and word got back to them that he had gone to the Gentiles, because at, at first the, the apostles thought this was only going to be a Jewish church. You know, and, and not any, no Gentiles allowed, but they didn't realize that God, you know, God wanted everybody to be saved. And so, so uh, Peter was called on the carpet, so to speak, and said, hey, what are you doing? Uh, sitting down with Gentiles and preaching to them and, and letting them in on our, you know, our little situation here, the church. And he began to tell the story of what Jesus did and what God confirmed and God sent him. Amen. And he said how, how that I, I went to, and I began to preach, and while I was preaching, he said, uh, as I began to speak, Acts chapter 11, verse 15, as I began to speak, uh, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. And so right there, Peter calls the book of Acts chapter 2, calls when they got the Holy Ghost, the beginning. Amen. So that confirms that the church started in chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Amen. So this means the church was not in existence in the Old Testament. It means it wasn't even in existence during the time of the days of Jesus in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. For the Bible said in Hebrews 9, 17, For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Amen. The Old Testament, or covenant, was focused on the Ten Commandments and the Law of Moses. Amen. The New Testament, or New Covenant, was focused on the church, the gospel plan of salvation, and the dispensation of grace. Amen. And so Jesus was still alive, and he was the testator. So it wasn't until after his death, burial, and resurrection, could the New Testament come into full being, amen, of grace and salvation. You can't have a, a, a message of death, burial, and resurrection until you have the death, burial, and resurrection. So the church started in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is so important in the Bible, and the church was the focal point, amen, really of the Bible. Praise God of God coming and dying and purchasing and giving his blood, amen, for the church. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus himself told us that the Holy Ghost would not be poured out until after his resurrection, after he ascended. John chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So he's talking about the Holy Ghost right there. But he said, I got to go away so the Holy Ghost can come. That's another uh, truth about the church starting in the book of Acts. Because who is the comforter? We know the comforter is the Holy Ghost. John 14, 16. 
I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So he said, like I dwell with you right now. I am with you. I'm walking with you. But in that day, the Holy Ghost is going to be in you. I'll be in you. Amen. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So when we see, when we see the spirit of, uh, of God in our lives, it's really the spirit of Christ. Say, Christ is in us. When we say that we have the Holy Ghost, we have Christ in us. We don't have two or three in us. We only have one, but he's referred to as different things. But the Comforter, verse 26, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now notice that verse when we said that Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. Notice Jesus said church, singular. He didn't say churches. Amen. So the church that Jesus is referring to in the Bible, it's not an, I know there's a lot of church organizations and there's a lot of churches in this world, but the church that Jesus is talking about is an organism. It's a living, breathing thing that holds fast, amen, to a certain particular uh, set of beliefs. It was founded on the apostles' doctrine and the supernatural experience of the new birth. And so that's why it's impossible to join God's church. You can't join it. You got to be born into it. Amen. And, and so you can join, you might be able to go to some church and, and just join their church, you know, and say, hey, I'd like to join you. What do I got to do to join your church? Amen. But, you know, if, when we're talking about God's church, Amen. We got to be born into it. Praise God. Jesus said in John 3, verse 3, he answered and said unto him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So Nicodemus, a very, very knowledgeable and, and learned man, was not getting what Jesus was saying here. He said, no, no. He said, you're talking, to, you're thinking natural again. This is a spiritual, born from above. So Jesus answered, and he explained it to him. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, verse 5, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So if we're not born again of water and spirit, we'll not be able to see, partake of, or enter the church, which is the kingdom of God on earth. So don't get confused when you see the, uh, the, the term kingdom of God in the Bible. It's not always referring to heaven. Sometimes it is, but in this context, it's talking about God's kingdom on the earth. We got to be born into this kingdom before we get to that kingdom. Amen. Before we get, make the rapture, we got to be a part of this one. Praise God. And not only we have to be born into it, we're, uh, another word for that is baptized into it. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, the body of Christ, the church. It's made up of many members. And the church is also referred to as the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God cannot be found on a map, even though, you know, this is 12127 Pine Street, right? And you can find this church on a map, but the king, this, is, this church is just 
one little part of the kingdom of God on this earth. Amen. It, it, it's, it has no set geographical location. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 17, 20, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So now we're getting an idea what the church is really, remember I said it was an organism? The kingdom of God is within us. Amen. Remember, the comforter is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was poured out. The Holy Ghost it, it, working in the lives of people, that's what the church is. That's what binds us together. Amen. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God is the Holy Ghost inside of us. The kingdom of God, the church, is made up of every person on earth that's been born again of water and spirit, according to the word of God. Whether they worship uh, in a field, uh, in a barn, in a church, in, in a, wherever, they, in a house or whatever, if, if they are holding to the principles of that early church that was born in the book of Acts, they are part of the church, the kingdom of God. Amen. Born again people are the church. Saved people are the temple. Amen. So in other words, we will enter the kingdom of God when we allow the kingdom of God to enter us, the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 6.19, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. He paid the price so we could be part of the church. You're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 2 Corinthians 6, 16, ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So only God knows how many people are truly part of his glorious church on this earth. You know what I mean? Only God knows. No, nobody, nobody knows. I think people think they know or whatever, but only God knows. And only God knows how many people he'll be coming back for when the time comes. But I want to be one of those people. And I think I'm looking at a bunch of people that want to be one of those people. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And my last verse tonight is Ephesians 5.27 that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it, it should be holy and without blemish. And in the context of Ephesians chapter 5, that particular part of that chapter, it's talking about husbands and wives, and then it's, it's intermingling Christ and the church, and you start saying, well, there's a theme here, husbands, wives, Christ, church, and the bride and the groom. Amen. So in this context in Ephesians, he's talking about his bride. And when we get to the book of Revelation, you, you see that there's a bride, amen, that's going to be assembled uh, for the groom, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And it's a wonderful thing. And so the whole Bible really hinges on this bride, this church, this wonderful thing. And, and Ephesians even calls it a mystery. Amen. But he talked about Christ and the church. Praise the Lord. 
So the next few Thursdays, I, I want to just get back to some basics. And I started it off today with the church. But then I just want to talk about how we get in the church. Talk more specifically about repentance. Talk more specifically about bat water baptism and the Holy Ghost baptism. Amen. And understanding who Jesus is, that he is the almighty God and his name is the greatest name ever. Amen. And we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. I'm excited about it. But let's stand. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.